0: At Sifpop, We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them?
1: So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can share movies. Like friends do.
0: There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax,
1: and enjoy the show.
0: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room.
1: Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writer's Room. I'm, I, just know, I just saw your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it, it's been you you've had it as like night of the living robert for the last couple months right
0: yeah i always try to change it to to match our uh to match our theme or movie
1: that's what i thought but like it, i can only see white r is it just white robert yeah <laughs> Welcome to the Sif Pop Writer's room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week I'm joined by Sif Pop editor White Robert.
0: <laughs> Vermont should be beautiful <laughs> this time of year, all that snow.
1: Oh yeah, it's not like I've heard that line a million times today. <laughs> we write for Sif uh, We edit for Sif doing new reviews, best ever challenges and lots of other interesting movie-related articles. Lots of stuff there on the website, so make sure to check, out it. check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, keep up to date with all that stuff. On uh, today's show, we'll be talking about a coming attraction, uh, Alice Darling. Uh, And then Robert's going to give some anticipated 2023 films because um, apparently all the films either got pushed up or pushed back. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I was like, well, we should have more than one. It is the end of the year. So uh, we'll do that. And then we'll talk about if White Christmas is a goat and then we'll explore the B plot. Um, This didn't really fit with the theme, but I didn't have any like previously submitted suggestions that would fit. So I thought, you know what? Let's just do best trailers. That could be fun, Um, especially because I don't think either of us really. Care about trailers anymore, um, and then we'll wrap up with a spinoff. Um, but first, let's get a chance to know our writer this week, Robert. This episode is launching on the twenty eighth, uh, a couple days before Christmas. Oh, sorry, a couple days before New Year's. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's my anniversary today. Look at that! Um, happy, happy anniversary. anniversary. To you. Um, this is, so this episode is coming out then, and uh, we um that means that new year's resolution season is upon us so do you do new year's resolutions if so like do you have anything planned for this year did you plan anything last year that you held or didn't hold
0: i don't think i've ever (laughs) planned or done a new year's resolution sorry to to throw a brick wall brick wall in front of our very first topic but i don't do new year's resolutions if i feel like i need to change something i do it when i come to the realization I had that exact same conversation
1: with somebody for a podcast I recorded yesterday Mm. that was just like, I'm not going to wait like to change something. If there's something I want to change, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm also bad at like resolutions. I mean, like even like not like in the moment, like I've been wanting to stop biting my nails for five years. Mentioned that last week and, um, like wanting to get a little bit more like firm control over our budget. Um, I think we're, I think we're finally at a place, but it's taken me and my wife, three years of marriage to get that mm. <laughs> sort of, so anyway, um, yeah, uh, then one more question before we get going, um, I might've asked this already, but it was the first one that came up and I was like, whatever, uh, Robert, if you are at a bar, what is your cocktail of choice?
0: I don't typically drink co- cocktails. I. <laughs> i'm i'm ans- i'm giving you terrible answers so I, your, I, is it
1: a beer then is it or is it yeah, a I just said, club soda or
0: <laughs> i have a nice crisp tap water no um it's usually just a blue moon blue moon with an mm. orange
1: i like blue moon i would and expected too. from your neck of the country to said yingling because yingling
0: is great I was, and cheap i was gonna say my alternative is yingling and yes it's cheap
1: yeah it's like the be- it's so ridiculous how good it is for being like 50 cents a can you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> we get it um it, when i where i'm home they get yingling uh, where i live now we don't get it two states away um mm. but like i can go grab like a 16 pack for like eight bucks and it's like that's should be like pbr quality but like yingling's pretty good so yeah um nice um i have been on this tear with um uh gin has been my friend this year and so um a gin and tonic with lime juice and about a half an ounce of Aperol in it. I think it's delicious. Oh, and uh like two dashes of orange. He says Adderall Aperol. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's like a bitter liqueur. Um, it, but it's like, it's still kind of bright. Like it's not bitter in terms of like, when you think of like, uh, like adding bitters to a whiskey sour or, or for, to an old fashioned or something like that. Like it's, it's kind of this bright citrusy, bittery, but you only add like a, like, is it a half ounce and like a, you know, compared to the like two ounces of gin. So, um, and then some citrus bitters, too, and uh, some orange bitters and yeah, tonic water. So that has been nice. my jam as of late. Uh, on that note, um, two 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 questions that were relatively brick walled. That's fine. Um,
0: <laughs> I apologize. Moving okay. right along.
1: I Look, I, I always ask these questions like thinking like there's always a good chance that they're going to get brick walled, you know, but whatever. It's part of the fun of live podcasting.
0: <laughs> I could have I just made stuff up. That's probably that probably is what good podcasters do but probably yeah probably just make something up
1: and be completely inauthentic and yeah just start making up wild stories you know like like you're not going to believe this but southern comfort and sweet tea with mountain dew in it like (laughs) (laughs) and then like somebody's gonna go try that and be like that's terrible he's like i don't know like (laughs) probably
0: (laughs) i just reached my Um, hand into a thing of ping pong balls and picked out whatever they said
1: (laughs) Oh, that'd be amazing. I've been seeing a lot of people like on TikTok do like this. um, Like I'm going to make a sandwich and it'll be like by rolling dice. And it's like whatever number it lands on, that's what it's like. So it determines the type of bread and then the type of meat and the type of cheese. And if there's any condiments and there's been some nasty sandwiches made. Like I saw somebody had like rye bread with pastrami and no mustard, uh, which you'd think that would be great because the dice didn't (laughs) choose it. But I think it was like it also had pickles and like horseradish sauce and like something else, like completely out of left field. And it was just like, that sounds like the most disgusting sandwich I've ever heard of. Hashtag
0: Um, content.
1: I think people have been doing that with cocktails. It just hasn't quite hit my for you. So Mm. I've been getting a lot of bowling videos on my for you page because (laughs) I went bowling with some friends the other day and I pulled a strike and I pulled off that. Who do you think you are? I am. I I had to look up that video and now it thinks that I want to see other bowling videos. Like, no, I just wanted to show my friends that one. (laughs) So uh, anyway.
0: With his wife crying in the background (laughs) because she's so happy.
1: (laughs) It's do you think you are, I am. Oh, man. Competitive bowling. Um. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about Alice Darling for a hot second. Uh, This is a movie, it's got a limited release coming out um, on the 30th um, here, so in two days. But it doesn't go wide until January 20th. And even then, when it goes wide, it is exclusively going to be at AMC. Um, which is a tactic that I think that we will see more and more of um, ways for theaters to get people to come to specifically them. Um, It'll happen on a big movie eventually. Like I know, like uh, I thought there was somebody who was talking about that. Maybe I think it was during COVID. They were talking about like, you know, universal is going to buy AMC and then fast and furious will only be there or something like that. Um, Anyway, Alice darling, a young woman trapped in an abusive relationship, becomes the unwitting participant in an investigation staged by her two closest friends. Uh, starring Anna Kendrick um, and uh, a new director, if I'm not mistaken, Mary Nye. Um,
0: Bill Nye's daughter. Oh,
1: nice! I figured. Yeah. Um, looks like she's been an actress, but yeah, this will be her first foray into directing. Um, Good
0: timing with that Nepo baby <laughs> article that just came out yesterday.
1: Well, it looks like she directed um, one episode of Industry, um, but this will be her first like film.
0: Yeah, um, film premiere. So it's your debut.
1: Feature debut. Yep. And she played Princess Lambal in Marie Antoinette. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Big, big, ooh. Change your mind about this. Uh, Alice Darling, uh, free will is the only thing that counts here. Uh, would you go see this in a theater? Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on the streaming service you already pay for. Or are you just
0: not interested? Um, What was the one lower than theater?
1: Uh, Rent at home.
0: Yeah, rent. Sorry, I pulled the Chris Pratt in Lego movie. Uh, I got it. Like you say it again. I wasn't listening.
1: All right. I think I got it. But just in case, say the whole thing again. I wasn't listening.
0: Yeah. So it went for me.
1: Uh, I'll probably be in the same category. Uh, why are you
0: there? Um, I don't know. It doesn't look particularly interesting. And Anna Kendrick has never really shown me that she can effectively done, do uh, drama without a hint of comedy in there. Mm. Um. So there was that one of Blake Lively that I didn't like. I don't remember what oh, it's called. I like
1: that one. A Simple Favor. I
0: like yeah, that that's one. Right. I I didn't really like that one, but like it was drama, but it had some comedy. Same thing with Up in the Air, which I think she was nominated for. I um, think so. That's like a nice little dramedy. So I'm just like, this looks like a like a gaslighting emotional abuse thing. I'm just like, can she do this? I don't know. I'm interested to find out. But uh, and unfortunately, speaking of Nepo babies, I am interested in just seeing what Bill Nye's daughter has as a filmmaking talent. Mm-hmm. Um but not interested enough. Like if it was, if it was Bill, Bill Nye himself directing this, then I would be theaters. Um, otherwise I'm just like, yeah, we'll see. Sure. I'm sure I'll watch it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, to me, like Anna Kendrick is the biggest pull for this. Um, I, I like a good thriller though. Um, but yeah. I, I just don't know. I haven't seen a trailer for this and which we'll talk about trailers later, but, um, so I don't really know like how that fits in. So like everything like really like I it, it, trailer trailer would be really helpful to see for this movie but I didn't because I um suck and <laughs> uh but anyway, I like a good thriller like uh and that's what this movie is categorized as um so I the trailer reminded
0: me of um Invisible Man minus the, okay like the uh you know the sci-fi angle
1: sure and I really like that movie so yeah it's uh, solid yeah. And I really like that kind of movie too. Uh, and I'm looking mm-hmm. at Anna Kendrick's filmography and like, I think like even when there's a movie that she's in that I don't like, I like her in it. Um, I've already mentioned I did like simple favor, um, which I think is sure, kind of like right. a halfway ground between like what she normally does versus like what this yeah. is looking to be. So like, maybe that was just a, do you think I could do it?
0: Um, and trolls was your favorite movie. of the Yeah. Last trolls was years, my right? favorite
1: movie of the, of the year it came out. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Uh, That is definitely a movie that I've seen. Uh, Actually, Up in the Air is one that I haven't seen. It's on my watch list. Uh, Oh, that's a good. I think it's
0: only like 90 something minutes. I don't know if you're looking for just a random movie or maybe uh, it's not old enough to be a goat, but you should throw that on your next round of watch list movies.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's on my watch list, but it's like I think I limited my watch list to movies that I like own um, for the for the schedule and I don't own this one i don't think but i'm sure my wife would watch it with oh, yeah. um you know she's in scott pilgrim versus the world um she's in Fifty Fifty, which is a movie i really like um that i don't think anybody I don't, I don't think it's gotten the reputation or the following that it deserves for the last 10 years but again this
0: is all either comedy right. or dramedy
1: right 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 um but either way like i, I like her in general yeah, i'm not know. saying i
0: dislike her i'm just saying in right, this right. specific you, genre yeah
1: the closest thing like you've gotten also. to this is a simple favor and you didn't like. That, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. Um, I guess stowaway. I didn't really care for that movie and I don't, I barely, I don't remember that she was in it. So I think she dies pretty quickly. Um,
0: uh, whatever.
1: Oh no, she's the lead in that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to remember who's even in that. I remember I watched it and then it just like, wasn't interesting.
1: <laughs> I only watched it because I was on the Civ Pop weekly episode. So yeah. Um, That was that was a reason to watch it. Otherwise I probably would have skipped it. Um anyway, just I I think Anna Kendrick's got it in her. I think kinda like you said, like we the closest we've got is a simple favor. So I'm excited to see her like actually do it. She's been apparently like she's directing a movie that is supposed to come out relatively soon. So I think they just wrapped on that. Um I think I did know that actually. I just I follow her on Twitter and she's just like, I've been away for so long, like Sorry, I was directing my first movie. How has Twitter been like these last three months? <laughs> like, obviously, because joke, because she's a comedian. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my point. Right. So Tony Hale in it though.
1: I don't even. I, I was just looking game. to see what this movie is that she's directing. Um, what is it?
0: What are you? The dating
1: game. <laughs> there we go. Found it. The dating
0: game. Did you ever watch Arrested Development? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. I'm always interested in Tony Hill because of risk Development. So. Yeah, me too. Um, so here's a totally different movie than Alice Darling.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just it, it's been really hard to talk about these movies like because I haven't been watching trailers, <laughs> but like especially for these ones that it's like yeah sure here's an actor I like and here's whatever, mm-hmm. but it, it it's not like a, a it's not like an entirely fresh concept. It's not like a um, like a zany or I, I don't at least this hasn't been in the awards conversation yet. And this will qualify for this year's awards. So like, I don't know, like it's one of those that it's like all attention is on the Fablemans right now, or, um, uh, you know, some of the other things that were nominated. Um, I think the Fablemans just got the most critics choice awards, but yeah. I haven't paying attention. I only saw a glimpse because I wanted to see what they were nominated so I could tell my wife because she was asking what are going to be what what are the movies that we're going to watch at the Oscars this year. And said, well, they haven't released their nominations, but probably this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. You know,
0: Black Adam, Uncharted, Moonfall, Moonfall, Um, Buzz Lightyear, (laughs) and I don't know, and Jurassic World. Jurassic World. They're sticking just to five this year. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, but don't discount Paw Patrol. You know, Paw Patrol. It's it oh, next year.
0: We're talking about that next. Year.
1: Wasn't there another Secret one that Dumbledore
0: was this year? Secrets of Dumbledore is also on there, I think.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the
0: standby category. Disenchanted, on the outside looking in. Oh, you it's know some... what? I forgot. Clerks Three was a front runner. <laughs> Kevin Smith. They said cinematography has never been better, mm. and not in Kevin Smith movies, just in movies in general. <laughs> cinematography has never been better than Clerks Three. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, here's the last one. Uh, Prisoner of Azkaban was the other one that they're talking that about for this year. Yeah, I don't know, but Prisoner
1: of Azkaban versus Moonfall, like, you know, like I love Prisoner of Azkaban, but like Moonfall is re- remarkable.
0: Patrick Wilson has given the best uh, performance since Brando. Shut up. <laughs>
1: I'm done with this joke. All right, all right,
0: fine. Not since Brando, since Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> and Lincoln
1: i was gonna say which one (laughs) my
0: left i I couldn't think of the one where's there will be blood make clothes
1: what's the phantom thread
0: yeah thank you (laughs) i only saw that one once
1: i haven't seen it list a shame for me so anyway we're done with that (laughs)
0: Sorry, i needed to drag on another segment after i brick walled you the first two questions
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair well here here's another thing for you um that you cannot brick wall me on this one. Um I don't I don't see any way you can. Um because we're only talking about one film, I want to know, Robert, what are your top five most anticipated movies of 2023? Oh, you want me to go
0: top five now? Okay. What, what um, top
1: well, ten, what I don't know, whatever you put together.
0: I got ten. Okay, this, then do ten. Um yeah, ten. Civil War, which I have no idea what the heck this is, but Alex Garland is directing it and Kirsten Dunst is starring. IMDB says the plot is plot under wraps so that sounds like an interesting premise um uh-huh. i they're wrapping a plot i don't know um uh, number nine <laughs> next goal <Soul> wins <laughs> it seems like they've been putting pushing this back for years now the taika mm-hmm. waititi um soccer movie with michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. uh i hated thor right or thor whatever the crappy one was called love and thunder yeah um and i think that he uh just phoned it in and so did everyone else but hey, he's still a good director. He did Jojo Rabbit, Hunt for the Wilder People, and What We Do in the Shadows. So yeah, outside MCU, outside franchise, I'm interested. Number eight is Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, I'm just more interested to see how in the world he actually detonated a bomb. <laughs> just like what? What was he doing? Um, but I have no faith in Christopher Nolan uh, having any interest in telling a complex moral story about the guy who created the atomic bomb because I think he just wants to blow things up. Um, <laughs> but hey, he's still Christopher Nolan. He made a lot of good movies. Uh, seven, Creed Three. It looks very good. We yeah, talked yeah. about it a couple... Somewhat recently because we were talking about Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Um, he's a great actor. Michael B. Jordan is a good actor. First two creeds are very good. I'm interested to see what Michael B. Jordan's going to do. Directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, Kills Flower Moon. Um, I would have it higher if because it's marty and leo but i just don't know anything about the story and it doesn't seem as interesting as another gangster movie which i don't think scorsese has done enough of um too many superhero movies in his catalog number five oh, shoot i forgot what it's called disappointment boulevard slash whatever ari to changed the name of his latest movie to um i love mid Tamar and i think hereditary is a scary movie <laughs> so oh is <laughs> The new one's called Bo is Afraid, and the poster has a de-aged Joaquin Phoenix. So what is that all about? I don't know, but I want to see it. Uh, number four, we got Barbie. Um, that's as surprising to me as it is to everyone else. But Greta Gerwig is making a Barbie movie, and she spoofed 2001 in the intro to her to the trailer. So this, this thing could be anything. And it's co-written by Noah Baumbach, which is just, I don't know. I made the joke on Twitter. It'll be the best movie since Madagascar Three: Europe's Most Wanted, which Noah Baumbach also <laughs> co-wrote. Which is, I can never get that out of my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Um, I think James Gunn makes great Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and they're the only two movies in the MCU. Well, that and Black Panther that I think are actual good movies, <laughs> and uh, the trailer. Speaking of trailers, the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy three looks incredible. Um, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the trailer. It looks really good. I saw the holiday special. Is that the trailer? No, <laughs> I hated the holiday special. It was terrible. Uh, but I'm in the minority on that. Uh-huh. Two. You could Dune be wrong two. about that. Uh, yeah, Dune two. That's the thing that's all I need to say. I can't forget. I am
1: shocked that. that Dune part two is not your number one.
0: Well, that's only because yesterday at the time of recording this, uh, Tom Cruise tweeted out a ten minute. Behind the scenes featurette of just a single stunt from Mission Impossible Seven, and all of the work and all of the training <laughs> that went into just a single stunt, and the trailer for this one has like more crazy stunts, including they actually like drove a train off a cliff. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I I I can't wait. I it, this needs this is gonna be the best movie of the year, best movie of all time. It was gonna be Until my number one. Time
1: it was already going to be my number one because we recorded before that video came out. And then hmm. that video came out. It's like, yeah, like obviously I still haven't right. seen that video yet, but I've got it saved. I'm going to check it out uh, here soon. Just,
0: In the last yeah. two days, he did that one and the day before he jumped out of a helicopter while promoting Top Gun Maverick coming to Paramount plus. He was like, he's literally free falling, talking to a camera saying Top Gun Maverick coming to Paramount plus on whatever date." It's just like the dude is evil. But he makes great movies and he excites me.
1: <laughs> He's oh man, I can't wait for the Tom Cruise biography, like <laughs> or documentary. Yeah. I, can, I really can't wait for the documentary where they're just gonna be like, This is all the crazy stuff that you know about, but here's all the other stuff. Like, yeah. Oh man, that's great. Uh there's, good.
0: Let me read one the, there's one tweet that I saw yesterday real quick about Tom Cruise while we're on the subject. Um the Tom Cruise paradox is accepting that the man is both extremely evil and extremely rad, and uh, I think that's yeah, yeah, comes out perfectly.
1: If he wasn't so rad, he would just not have a career in Hollywood anymore. Exactly, he's yeah. so rad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um, yeah, I I really like that you brought this list up too because there's a lot of movies that you listed, like Civil War and um the the new Ari Aster movie and um. Uh, even killers of flower moon that just weren't on the Wikipedia list that I looked at because they don't have like dates um and right. so Wikipedia only has things that have dates like there's not even a unlisted 2023 so like we didn't even talk about killers of a flower moon last year uh last last week's episode um so uh yeah like I don't know like that should have made the list but yeah, right. they only like because there was there's not even a placeholder it says expected May 2023 but there's not like a May 7th or whatever so um and we just Shows my incompetence of hosting this podcast, I guess.
0: <laughs> that was initially supposed to come out this year. Um, right. They pushed it back. So I think it's not an avatar situation or anything like that. I think you can be pretty confident it's coming out. I think
1: we, I think we might've, I think we talked about it on the um, 2022 preview. Uh, yeah. If anything, it was going to be like out.
0: November or December this year. But
1: yeah. Cause I also definitely remember we talked about um, into the spider verse sequel last year and then that yeah. got pushed back. So. Um,
0: yeah, and John Wick Four and Matrix Resurrections were supposed to come mm-hmm. out on the same day. I do remember Missionary. that. Yeah,
1: because yeah. Um, I think we talked about John Wick Four and Matrix, and then John Wick Four got pushed. Currently, Oppenheimer is supposed to come out the same day as Barbie. Yeah, which which is off. supposed to come out a week after Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. And I was talking with Kristen. There's no way that that stays the same.
0: At this point, I don't think the studios can move the Barbie and Oppen- Oppen- Oppenheimer dates. Because that is already such a big film Twitter thing about like people not not being able to wait to do uh, a double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer and all that, uh-huh. or just like which one do you pick and all that.
1: Yeah, I every mean, but like look, you know, Kristen Nolan wants the IMAX theaters, but IMAX screens. But what theater is going to switch over from Mission Impossible to Oppenheimer like after one week? Yeah, like so, I think if something's got to give, and maybe that means Mission Impossible gets pulled forward. In which case, dope. I'm, here I'm for happy. It. Yeah. Um or maybe Oppenheimer gets pulled forward. Um but yeah, you're right. I don't I don't know. Some something's going to happen. I'm more concerned about Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible than I am, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um anyway, just there's yeah. that was for sure the big standout that I was like something's going to move. Like remember when they scheduled Batman versus Superman the same day of Civil War? Yeah. Uh, it, although at the time it was untitled Captain America 3 movie and then they announced it was Civil War and it's like, yeah, this isn't going to stand. Yeah. <laughs> and DC balked, so <laughs> Um, anyway,
0: currently Wikipedia lists Michael Sarah as being an actor in Barbie. Mm-hmm. He's is he going to play the main Ken? Because <laughs> <duh>. <laughs> I have
1: no idea because I haven't seen the trailer yet, so I don't know anything about it. He's not even in the trailer. Okay, I cool. well, maybe, he's, maybe he's maybe he's the LA. monkeys in the maybe he's in a monkey suit for the two thousand one <laughs> parody. Oh, could be. No, it that was be, be great. Or,
0: or like toddler girls.
1: Oh, again i i saw i saw clips of it glimpses of it okay um anyway uh before we get on to talking about white christmas uh let's get a chance to promote some stuff robert what are some things that you want to highlight uh you can
0: go to find me on twitter at underscore rob's thoughts and if and when twitter uh is tanked or becomes truth social 2.0 you can find me on <laughs> letterboxd at robert's thoughts. Um, and also, in January, starting January 7th, you can hear me now twice a month on this podcast feed. I'll be hosting um, a monthly review roundup for wide-release movies. So, that'll be each month we'll be talking about however many big movies uh, warrant our discussion. So, I'm assuming in January, in which we talk about December movies, it'll be closer to 10 movies than to 5. Um but in february when we when we talk about uh, january movies it'll be closer to 5 than to 10 because of uh, the the january stereotype um, yeah so each month i'll have one or two sif pop writers on to talk to me about the yeah those movies and we'll just be doing like 10 minute reviews for each one of those movies and then keep it simple keep it straight I'm gonna do reviews no extra segments nothing just intro reviews closing and then you don't have to listen to me until the next time I hop on a goats episode. Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Uh, yeah. So that'll be coming out starting next month uh, on the first Saturday of every month. Um, and as with every other episode that comes out, uh, the plan is that that will launch on Patreon a day early. So patreon.com um, says uh, patreon.com popped up, you in case you like extra content and early content and stuff like that. Uh, let's move on to the SIF topic. We'll talk about our goat for the week. Uh, we have White Christmas, the 1954 classic. Uh, you can find the streaming on Netflix if you're interested. Um, yeah, a uh, little bit of like, history about the movie, I guess, uh, or the the legacy for this film. Uh, it's a little bit underwhelming, as I was talking to Robert about beforehand. But like as we were mentioning, like I think the idea for these goats episodes when we talk about these Christmas is, is these Christmas classics. So I might even frame you know when I ask, is this a goat? To, to just more so like be should this be a staple in a household you know um if somebody's not seeing yeah. this is this a worthy like addition to a rotation of stuff they might see i think that might be a little bit more fair um to this film but we can also still answer whether or not it's a goat um but either way um i think this is, has a reputation um that is better than some of the scores would suggest so uh yeah. it has a 7.5 on imdb a 56 on metacritic that might be the lowest metacritic we've ever had on this uh, a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 3.7 average on Letterboxd uh, synopsis here is a successful song and dance team become romantically involved with the sister act and team up to save the failing Vermont in to the of their former commanding general uh, this is notably starring Bean Crosby um, as well as Rosemary Clooney who is George Clooney's aunt um, Vera Ellen and Danny Kaye so uh, that's our four leads there's of other people in there um i found out recently uh, it was going through the trivia that this is not the movie that introduced the song white christmas um it's not i've never movie. no apparently this is the third one uh, that sure. Bing crosby like sings white christmas in because the first one is holiday inn which this movie beat out holiday inn in our twitter poll um <laughs> so apparently it starts off in holiday inn and then it's even in a movie called blue skies um, and then white Christmas. So this is the third film that Bing Crosby sings white Christmas. Is. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, some other things about this movie is that it was nominated for best music, original song, count your blessings instead of sheep. Uh, obviously didn't win that one. And this was the highest grossing film of 1954. It earned $12 million domestically, which is the modern day equivalent of $121 million. Uh, in oh 2022, 2021 money. Um, it ranks among the 100 most popular films at the domestic box office when adjusted for inflation and size of population. So,
0: it's um, just a lot of stipulations in there.
1: I know, but like it, it is really the only like fair way to judge it, you know? Sure. I mean, we yeah. have like w- when I was born, we were like at six billion people and we just hit eight. So, like, that's you know, and then that this is was released I four eight years eight before it was people? born. Mm-hmm. Oh my I know, right? I know that. Um, yeah, it's too many people stop having kids. Uh, anyway, (laughs) um, I mean, it, it makes sense too. like medical advances, you know, people are living longer. Oh
0: Um, I just didn't realize it had gotten that high already last time. I think it like,
1: I think it like just passed, um, like the, the billion marker. So, um, like within the last month,
0: um, my Google search says 7.837, but that also says 2021. So you're probably right.
1: Mm Mm-hmm um you're right
0: world population reached eight billion on on november 15th mm -hmm. anyway sorry
1: more than a month ago anyway
0: i'm trying to um, unbreak wallace i'm really trying to make (laughs) up for those uh
1: roberts a little bit about your history for this movie and if you haven't seen it why you were excited to see it
0: oh so uh, typically when you ask me this i say this is a widely acclaimed movie i'd never seen i was excited to knock it off my uh list but i have a brief story to tell um Hmm last year, 2021 Christmas time. Uh, don't look up released on Netflix on like Christmas Eve. I think, uh, my wife and I started the movie on Christmas Eve. Didn't get to finish it. Christmas morning was just the two of us. Then we went over to family's house on Christmas day. I still wanted to finish the movie. Don't look up because at that point I still had hope it might be good. Um, but at, (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day on Christmas, family members all wanted to watch a Christmas movie. Um, and my mother-in-law suggested White Christmas, and everyone was like, yeah, sure, let's watch White Christmas. I had never seen it. Um, so we sat down, and we watched the first half of White Christmas, and I was enjoying it. Um, but then, slowly, one person after another decided to go to bed, until it was just my wife and I. And then we decided to to turn off White Christmas and finish Don't Look Up. And I never went back to White Christmas until last night. So... Nice. <laughs> there we go. Uh,
1: <laughs> White Christmas to Don't gl- Don't Look Up, that's quite the quite the turn oh yes um i'm gonna play the role of robert this week because this is a movie that i've never seen i've heard a lot about and i was excited about it because i mean this is notably like a a household staple i mean white christmas as a song is one of the most popular christmas songs of all time um and yeah it's um it's it's reputation like i said i think it holds better than the scores show um so i was excited to to knock off a Christmas classic, you know, I would have been happy with Holiday Inn too. I mean, there's plenty. Um, and especially like some of these older Christmas movies are genuinely great. Like we both loved Miracle on 34th Street. Um, so yep. I would love to see more of these like classics that like are classics for a reason because you know, I think probably a Christmas story was our most like stapled in the household, and that's mostly because it was always playing on TNT anyway. But a Christmas story is great, so um not Christmas story Christmas, on the other hand, according to Robert. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, but yeah, the, um, as I was, I was excited to, to branch off and see more of these. And, um, we have now seen this in full, both of us, uh, Robert white Christmas. Do you like it? Love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay.
0: I will say teetering between high side of okay. And low side of like it.
1: I'm exactly where you are. I'm going to go okay. into say firm, like it's okay. just okay. Maybe even a little bit lower than you are. Um, but like. A really firm, just okay. Um, like I'm not teetering into like it, but so I guess I'm not exactly where you are. A firm, just it is well. just yeah. okay. Uh, we are going to disappoint a lot of people um, by by saying that, and uh, that's okay. That's what this podcast is about: disappointing
0: people. Um, <laughs> well, exactly. We didn't like.
1: Neither of us really like to come and see all that much either. Like, and, uh, well, I'll
0: get back to that in a bit. Okay, a sneak preview. Um. Oh. Uh, you Should make that the description like on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everything, just like this disappointing podcast, people 20 since people. May
1: 2022. <laughs> oh, let's get into well, why then. Why did you think this movie is just okay?
0: I don't know if this says anything about the quality, but I just needed to read off my favorite Letterboxd review about it from Ooh. Brett Miller. It says sad tragedy of two gay infantrymen who are forced into heteronormative domesticity in order to keep their love for song and dance viable in 50s era Vermont, and uh. Yeah, that that felt very astute and accurate to me, um, because I don't know, it seemed like these guys kind of had you don't even have to make it uh, a homosexual relationship. You could even just say they had love for each other, but they didn't want to acknowledge it. Um, mm. And that was never grappled with in terms of the story. <laughs> and I know the, the it's not trying to be a challenging film like that. And that's fine, um, because it's more about how one person in each one of these two pairs, you know, the the guys and the two sisters, you know, one of them wants to be married or one of them wants their, their corresponding person to be married. And the other one doesn't want to be, you know, that's right. the whole driving plot. But um, I don't know. It, it just kind of seemed a little too basic and formulaic and mostly bogged down by music. Mm. And <laughs> that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. I know, but um, I if they had had less time for music and more time for actually, fleshing out some dynamics. Um, I might've enjoyed it more.
1: Mm. I like the big thing that I think about this is what do you look for in a Christmas movie? Me? Yeah. I I, I looked for some Christmas cheer
0: and right. uh, just some fun. Yeah.
1: Like Christmas cheer, fun. I would say joy is how I would like mostly describe a, it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm looking for a good time. It doesn't have to be a great movie. It doesn't have to be whatever. It just has to make me feel good. And I thought this movie was pretty joyless. Um, To be honest, Um, it's it it feels like the handcuffs were pretty hard on here because like looking at some of the like trivia and stuff uh, and stuff, it says uh, that Danny Kaye was actually like a like they had to do so many different takes because he would just be impromptu and hilarious and make everybody break character and laugh out (laughs) on set. And so um, like I didn't see. Like I kind of want a movie like where he gets a little bit more like freedom to to be a funny man, kind of like um uh I don't like singing in the rain was full of joy, right? Yeah, um I and so like a lot. and so in the in the sidekick character, I think we both agreed was our favorite. I don't even remember his name, but um I think we both agreed he was the best part of the movie. Um and it was just one of those where it's like he, he I I feel like they had him do some fun and funny things and that was okay. But like they were trying to make a serious movie. So it didn't make it too funny. Uh, one of the things that I was also reading is that the scene where Bing Crosby and this guy do um, do the sister sisters wasn't in yeah. the script. They were just goofing around on set. And so that's why like you see Bing Crosby like chuckle and like miss some of the words and things like that. It's because they weren't supposed to be filming but they just were filming and then the director liked it so much. They just put that in and like filmed it to be in there. It's like, that's a fun story. And that was probably my favorite scene in the movie. I mean, I, I really liked the opening, you know, the Christmas concert at the army base. I thought that was, um, I, I really liked that. But like, aside from that, that was probably my favorite scene. So I, I just wish the movie was more like that, you know?
0: So, yeah. And to go off your point a little bit for a movie called white Christmas, there's not much, that feels Christmassy, not even that it like lacks Christmas joy, like you're mm-hmm. saying, but it's like it's it's just set at Christmas. They're going to do their thing at Christmas. The songs are like about being sisters and it's about being uh, being in the being army soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even really that Christmassy either. Well, and the songs know, are surprised. about
1: snow or desire for snow. Not. Yeah, you're right. It's not. <laughs> I was writing my um, BEC for the night before for our Christmas BEC. And uh, I, <laughs> I had um, looked up some other reviews because I'm like, am I the only one that like loves this movie? And I think I like the movie more than pretty much everybody else. But I'm like, I don't know if Robert likes this movie. Uh, the night before,
0: I've never seen it. Okay.
1: Well, I was like, you didn't have it logged on Letterbox. So I was like, yeah. But maybe he. saw it. it. I like it a lot. But um, but one of the things I, I noted. Uh, Chris, soap opera writer Chris had had his review. Um, said something about like it actually matters that this takes place during Christmas. Like this isn't a gimmick. Like most. Christmas movies and like I, I didn't think about that for this movie until now but like you're right like Christmas has no effect on on this film I mean like maybe because like they have to pay a little extra but like that's a minor hurdle and it not even a, like an actual conflict um, you know but like it could just be they're performing here in the winter um, it doesn't have to be Christmas so
0: yeah it's uh, you're right to be clear I don't like the movie less because of that I just found it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I just, I don't know. I think I found it difficult to get engaged with the story because either the music, the music itself is good. Like that's a catchy little song about sisters. And uh, like you said, the one the one where they're singing to the general, I mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's just a weird paradox where I either want more music or more character stuff and each one takes away from the other and it kind of uh, results in a, split movie that doesn't really know which way to go
1: um yeah i remember seeing your letterbox review and you said like you wish that there was like no music in this film like you wish it would have just not been a musical after the intro right
0: like, i said i think this would be 80 percent better with 75 percent fewer musical numbers yeah
1: there we go and like i was sitting there thinking i'm like surely that's not the case and then i watched it and i was like yeah that is the case like <laughs> um because you're right i like the i like the 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 army one the like when you're in the army and we'll follow the old man um like i liked i liked that one a good amount and obviously i like white crispus um but uh which is a a verse (laughs) and a chorus um no it's just a chorus Uh, either way it's a stanza uh but the uh the the only other one that i like really like like i don't sister sisters one was fine. Um the one that I like kind of liked was the uh the Mr. Bones one like the one that they do during rehearsal. I thought that one was like <clears> fun <throat> and interesting. Um not like great, but like I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And then there was a there was a dance number that like had music but no vocals to it. I really liked the dance number. Was it the purple um, one? Um I think so.
0: Where it was uh Danny K dressed all in purple with like Five women, and like the, co- I'll give you this, the yes. color is really popping, and that, yeah, like, yeah,
1: I think that's the one, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I liked that number, um, mm-hmm. I liked, I liked the choreography there, but I, I agreed with you. I was like, I don't really like much of the music in this movie at all, um, so, um, uh, it's, it's fine, right? It, but that's, but again, like, it's fine. It's not to me, my, like, I didn't really feel the joy, um, mm-hmm. so, and kind of like you mentioned, part, probably partly because. Christmas is so inconsequential to this film. Um,
0: you know? Yeah. And on top of all of that, um, where the music and the story feels like it's at such a disconnect, it's also seems like it's trying to do two different stories. One mm-hmm. being this musical duo trying, you know, m- meeting up with these two sisters and all that. And that that's all good, but it kind of, <laughs> there's two movies in here, you know, the, the whole thing with the army is the whole, it feels like a whole different thing. Um, because there's a whole story about what they're doing with the general and how he owns the hotel that they go to. And I don't know how well it all weaves together for me.
1: Um, not great, but like not enough that it bothered me. Um, it, but it did almost bother me in terms of like probably editing or film sequence, because you just start to get traction with couple, the, the, the love relationship. And then it just completely like abandons that for 30 minutes to, to do the general stuff. Uh, and then it completely abandons that to to go back to the love stuff, and then it just goes back. like it's just, it's probably more so a sequencing thing for me than anything. Like I think they work. I think that those two could work well together, but it was just like the movie is only ever focusing on one of them at a time. That's a um, good but never, never like intersecting them at all um and also this has like the worst trope that i hate in movies which is just like somebody hears part of a conversation and then Uh, like doesn't communicate anything about it and then so there's just like the biggest conflict in this movie could have just been summed up by either confronting the conflict and then you realize oh this is just a miscommunication or just a a peeping um front desk receptionist lady because like she overhears she doesn't even hear Bing Crosby's response, right? All she hears is the pitch. Like, she doesn't hear him say, I'm not interested in that. Or, like, I'm, you know, and then any of the other part. Like, it's just she only hears the pitch and she assumes that he's taking it. And, and then that, that, that's a lot of assumptions to go off. And, like, look, if you're mad, just tell him why you're mad. Like, um, you know, there's.
0: Yes. <laughs> i agree with you and,
1: and, and then there's also the assumption that so he so she assumes that he's doing it so he can make a hundred thousand dollars right because they're going to get a hundred thousand dollars in advertising or whatever who says he's going to keep the hundred thousand dollars who says he wasn't going to give it to the hotel or to the to the general like there's like three or four different assumptions in that conversation that just could be immediately resolved if you would just talk about it you know
0: so and they drive a lot of the plot right
1: right so he's Look, I get it. It's the fifties. It's a little bit more simplistic of a movie than we're, you know, used to in modern era and, and things like that. But it's just like it nothing bothers me in a movie more than when the entire conflict is based around people just not communicating, but like also about something so simple, you know, and something so out of context. She heard from the overkeeping house lady that only heard part of a conversation. Like yeah. if I heard that, I would confront the person and be like, Hey, I heard this. Is that true? And if it's true, then you can be all, you know, stompy and right, of course. and leave then a train. Upside. Yeah, right. You have every right to be upset once you understand what you're actually upset about. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, don't, I I also don't necessarily know that I cared about any of the characters. I really didn't like the um, the Phil Davis character. Um, Which one is Phil I? Dave? I'm
0: sorry. Which one is the, Phil Davis? The general?
1: The no, he's the, um, uh, the the friend that's trying to get Bing Crosby hooked up um, the partner. Um, I really didn't like him for, for two big reasons. And that's like, he beats the whole, I saved your oh, life. with a broken the arm." Name. I'm sorry. Yeah yeah. 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 Um, I really didn't like the, he beats it over. He beats it over the head with like a super blunt object with the whole, like I saved your life. And it's like, he, he repaid that favor by giving you a career. Like, <laughs> um, you don't get to keep using that for everything, you know? And I, you're like, Cause he gave you a life, right? You saved his life and he gave you a life. He made your name big as almost as big as his, you know, he doesn't owe you anything anymore. And then he's just so pushy and insistent about the girls. It's like, you're so unhappy. And when you're unhappy, I'm unhappy. So I'm going to get you a girl and that should make you happy. And then I'll get 45 minutes a day or whatever. And it's just like, you know, people like this are just terrible people. Um, And if you have somebody like this in your life, like
0: get rid of them. Um, See, that's what I'm, I was trying to, kind of that's what i was kind of trying to get at is that i wanted that sort of dynamic more uh, further explored Mm -hmm. which it it wasn't because are song and dance sequences Mm -hmm. every 10 minutes um they're good it's charming music it's fun but like ah, it's and i don't even think it's an era thing because there are enough movies from that era that are able to uh encounter what their characters are doing in an interesting way and see if it's valid and all that kind of stuff. But
1: well, and even looking at trying to do some research on the legacy of this movie, it's like, I kind of understand why the scores are where they're at now, you know, because yeah. lots of people that discovered this now and are also falling in the same place that we're falling or you know, same with Metacritic score um but even looking at like some of the like original reviews that came out at the time like a lot of them were like it's nonsensical and you don't really like care too much but it's got a spirit that you just like or whatever you know it's it's, it's a holiday movie and it's hard to not like a holiday movie you know because of the mood that it brings you and i just I, did, I didn't get that so even the reviews at the time you know there's a reason it was only nominated for one oscar um and it was an original song and i was like that one was fine, right? I, I kind of liked that one, I guess. Too the um, the I, I count my blessings instead of sheep. Um, I kind of liked that one. Um, not enough to nominate it for a best original song Oscar, but um, yeah, the like a lot of people like. There's, looking back, it's like yeah, there's a reason this isn't on AFI's lists or um, or on. You know, there's a reason this doesn't have a Criterion release or um, you know a th- this isn't in the National Film Registry. You know. Um,
0: I think in the context of this show, it just shows that you and I have seen so many of the Christmas classics that this is kind of what we were left with, um, and that's kind of why we're a bit more down on it than maybe other movies that we've done.
1: Maybe, um, quite possibly, um, but I still, I still went into this movie like with high expectations. Um, not this, this didn't feel like a scraping the bottom of the barrel going into it, right? Like this felt like, a, oh, this is a revered Christmas classic that I am excited to watch. So like, I, I get, I get your point, yeah. you know, maybe we not that probably, it's like, we probably will never talk terrible. about a Christmas story. Um, But uh, yeah.
0: So I now that I'm realizing, I think the first half is better than the second, because I remember watching the first half last Christmas, like I said, and being like, man, I wouldn't mind finishing that. This, I was having a good time with this Um, because I think I watched right up until they get to the hotel for the first time. I'm like, Oh, this is, but like once yeah, they I get that, there, yeah, I think that's the point I'm... that
1: that I stopped caring so much. Yeah, um, because I really like. I know I was almost sitting there wishing. I think I would really like the movie if it was entirely set on the Eastern Front. Um, like obviously the plot would have to be different, but like I would like a Christmas time war movie. You know, especially in this kind of era. Um, you know, I would. I think I would like to see that right where there where there's this new general that's coming in. He's like, why on earth are you doing this? Like I thought that that intro sequence was like interesting and fun and engaging and then even even going into like their career as they come back like it was all right this is fine it's not really for me it's not particularly engaging but it's fine and then and then when there's the sisters and like i said especially when they're doing the sister sisters dances yeah all right cool i'm into this and then even the train had some fun back and forth uh um, oh yeah for sure so yeah i liked. i think you're right when they get to the hotel i just i stopped caring at one point i even like i saw i started the movie at about noon um uh, sorry, at about uh, um, 11 o'clock this morning. So I was like, it'll get done at 1. Uh, which, also, this movie's like 20 or 30 minutes too long. Um, that was right. a big problem yeah, exactly. for me. But, uh, but the... i, I got gotten to a point where I'm like, it's almost 1 o'clock. Like, surely this movie only has 5 minutes left. And I look, I'm like, there's 25 minutes left. How? Uh, and uh, that was a big problem. So I... Um, yeah, this movie is entirely too long. So... And it especially feels like nothing really happens in the last half hour. Like... As soon as they decide to host the concert there, like it takes so long for the show to actually happen.
0: Right. That's when it they just throw in a bunch of extra practice numbers yeah. and all that, like that, that big one. That's um, I thought it was kind of funny. It's like this whole big song and dance on the stage and all these people there. And then it pans around or it cuts to the other side. and It's just like three people watching them rehearse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think
1: that was the Mr. Bone song that
0: I said. I kind of like yeah, that. It's like, all right, this is fun, but I don't care. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> the, because they're just they're singing songs and you compared it to uh, singing in the Rain earlier mm-hmm. that the songs in that one relate to what the characters are thinking and mm-hmm. uh, what's going on in the plot. And it just doesn't feel like that's happening here in White Christmas. It's just like because these guys and these girls are entertainers, it's just time for them to sing a song now. And it's not really about like forwarding character or story, which um, is is the point, And I get it. But it's just I didn't care. <laughs>
1: I'm significantly more interested in this movie. If either it cuts off like before the concert happens, I mean, and then you just have that, you don't have that like meaningless third act conflict. Um, like, but if it cuts off and it's just like, all right, we've done all the prep work now for this to happen. Or if the movie instead cuts the, the romance plot let's just say that the two of them are already married to the two girls. And they, um, like the girls got a show booked in Vermont and the guys were going to have a week off or something like that. And then, um, or like, I don't know either way, if you cut the conflict or at least cut the conflict to where like, maybe the guys and the girls are already like attracted to each other. Right. And it doesn't take that long um, for that. Like there's no like resistance between them or something like that. But if we could shorten the first hour and 15 or hour and 30 minutes of this movie into like 15 or 20, if you get the setup and then you just show the Christmas concert, like maybe that's a better movie um the thing is like it, all
0: the stuff you're saying to shorten is what i was more interested in like i liked the back and I, forth and like them <laughs> dancing and being like oh look at them it looks like they're getting to know each other like i thought that was all fun but then once it just drags on for another 35 minutes that's what But, just,
1: but i'm saying like that would help like with the pacing i don't know and you could have fun like you, you show the concert but then you show them like go back and talking during a costume change or something like that and you could still have that interaction or whatever i don't know i just you're, you're kind of right this movie is of two minds, and i I think they can work well together, but the way that it's presented just doesn't really work well together so i yeah i I just wish it was one of the two um um or just brought together well it c- especially because when they introduce the general and everybody's out and they sing that like we'll follow the old man song like it feels out of left field um it feels so unnatural it's like okay well I, I like this moment but it doesn't it doesn't feel natural um so Especially like, remember, this is a Christmas movie, right? Like,
0: Right. I think um, I'm officially in OK.
1: <laughs> I'm liking this movie less than when we talk about it. But um, yeah, it's one of those. I immediately um, I bought this on Black Friday last year um, for like four bucks or so. And um, I, it went straight out of my Xbox. And then the, the case went into the pile of movies that I don't want to own anymore because like, I don't I don't really see myself watching this one. And if I want to, like it'll it's currently on Netflix. Like, I can, I can easily pick it up and find it somewhere to stream. You know, it's got to be relatively close to hitting the public domain um, for, you know, Tubi or whatever.
0: And we all know cool. that streaming is reliable.
1: Yeah, super reliable. Yeah, if HBO has taught us anything, um, it's that everything is ironclad. Um, yeah, so it's just it was just one of those where I'm like, I really don't see myself ever watching this movie again. Um, I don't see myself YouTubing like certain clips. Um, I don't foresee really having anything to do with this movie in the future. So yeah, I just I was just like, that's okay. I'm just gonna put it in the pile. I don't care. Um so, and I know this is just breaking at least some people's hearts.
0: Yeah, um, sorry Heath.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well even looking at the letter like letterbox, like Heath's not alone on this. Like there's a there's a really good amount of like two and two and a half star reviews and then a really good amount of like four and five star reviews from our Sip Pop writers. But um yeah it's it's just You're all wrong. Typically. Yeah. So
0: um like what is this? Nick gives it four stars, but hates president of Doing this, For <laughs> real? yeah.
1: Um, I don't think I have anything more to say about I the think movie. Would have been
0: better if it had considered being good. <laughs> is that a review, or you thought? No, that's that's my review. Okay,
1: yeah. There's there's something here, but this no, is. not That's it. my review, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like there's y- you, that's that's a good review. Like there's something here, but this isn't it. Um, there's a really interesting movie about the dynamics of these two people. And I want you to be happy. So I could be happy. Or there's a really interesting dynamic of let's save this in that the general bought, um, you know, and just not at the same m- time and musical numbers that are worth a damn. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. Is this a goat? Oh, <laughs> is this a movie that you would recommend somebody put in their holiday rotation? Probably not.
0: Cause I still have a stack of blu rays sitting on my coffee table. That we still need to get to in the next week. Uh, and I don't want to add more to it. I wish I had watched one of them instead of this last night.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it was one of those. I was watching it today. I, I, I asked my wife if she wanted to watch it last night. She's like, I'm not really in a mood for a Christmas movie. And it's like, that's fine. And so we watched something that I'll talk about in my spinoff. But um, uh, so I watched it this morning and it's like, yeah, she's probably better off. Um, <laughs> Same thing happened you know. to me. Yeah. It's, it's like, look, if you have fondness for this movie, if you're, if you're listening and you are an older individual, like I'm mean, we're i 27, you're what, 26? Yep. um, Like, so like, take that with a grain of salt too, right? Like if you're an older person listening or if you have fond memories of this film or whatever, you're like, wrong. I'm not saying don't watch it, but I'm saying if you're kind of in the same boat as us where you're like, I've heard this movie's a classic and, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in adding some more classics to my lineup. Like go watch Miracle 34th street. Um, so you can, or you Muppet can Christmas skip Carol, I'm up at Christmas Carol, right. You can skip this one. Um, so, um, yeah, so no, I would, it will not be adding, making my rotation either. Um, even as me and my wife are like wanting to start a rotation like this, will just not go in, you know,
0: mm-hmm. it'd be the perfect, uh, where does this rank on your list? Robert? Oh, you always ask me this and I always forget to pull it up. It ranks towards the bottom at number 41 out of 45, right behind, <laughs> Right behind Seven Samurai and above Fantasia.
1: Man, you really need to give Seven Samurai another watch.
0: I know. Next <laughs> time I have three days, I'll watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go um, probably 43, which only puts it above eight and a half in the birds. Man, you're mm, the birds. Yeah, I did. Um, maybe, maybe I'll put it at 40, but I'll switch around some things because... Um, I, I I'm definitely do like I n- I definitely need to rewatch the thing, um, and I think I will like that movie then. But um, I'm even probably yeah, I'm probably gonna put this at I'm gonna probably gonna move the thing up, and then I'm gonna put this at 41, which will knock it above Fantasia as well. Um, so but it'll still be Fantasia below Casablanca. So, or, so is this? <laughs> um, it'll be it'll be still like below Casablanca and Rebel Without a Cause, which I wasn't very high on either. But like those are better movies. Um, so. And more entertaining for sure. So that's probably what I'm doing. So uh, pretty low for both of us. But again, like being 40 on a list like this is not necessarily 40 out of 45 is not necessarily a bad thing. Like we're talking about a lot of movies that most people would consider five stars. But yeah, in this case, neither of us are recommending it. Okay. On that note, uh, next month, we will be talking about My Neighbor Totoro, our first venture into the Studio Ghibli catalog. Uh, We'll be talking about that with Shane to determine whether that one's a goat. Uh, let's talk about the B plot then. Uh, again, not really tying into anything, but I just thought let's do best trailers. Um, John, uh, Sif Pop writer, John suggested this. So I was, um, I was thinking about this and it was like, well, neither of us really do trailers anymore. And I think the, the, I think a lot of the, even not just Sif Pop people, but even film people are like moving away from trailers because I don't think trailers are as bad about spoiling things as like mid two thousands trailers were. (laughs) Yeah, um, but either way, it's just I feel like a lot of people are getting the idea that like I don't, maybe it's just movies are getting more grand like there was n- no comparable thing to like Avengers Endgame and the, I mean, I guess Return of the King, um, but like there's existing source material and stuff like that, um, you know, uh, but like I'm, I'm struggling to think of something that was like that big of scale. Um, so maybe it's just movies are getting more grand or something. I don't know. Either way, it's just I think a lot of people in the film pop culture world or moving away from movie trailers and uh i'm fine with that so um but there it has to be some good trailers out there so let's talk about them um i have more than you so I'm, i'll am i kick us off um and i'm gonna specifically avoid the, the ones that i think are on your list um because the first one that jumped to my mind was um flight do you remember this movie have you seen it
0: i actually haven't seen flight
1: um and i not this movie had trailer. I was doing a podcast in high school and we were doing a very similar things with the coming attraction. And uh, that movie was awesome. That trailer was awesome. Got us all really excited about the movie. It's one of the best that I've ever seen put together, but it it doesn't really accurately represent the movie. And so I, so it's almost like, do you even want to count this? But I tried to think about this in terms of like the trailer just came on. How badly do I want to see this movie? Not necessarily. How good does the trailer reflect? I think that's bonus points for sure. Um, And this isn't ranked in any way um, for me. So, um, but flight is, uh, is a Denzel Washington movie directed by Zemeckis. Um, also has John Goodman and, uh, a, a really good amount of like pretty, pretty well-known actors. Uh, it, there's a plane that loses engines in 30,000 feet and Denzel lands it. And it's remarkable that he does. And, uh, it's just a really well shot trailer set to like, um, the beginning of, um, a rolling stone song, uh, give me shelter. And, uh, it's got this really fun energy to it. And it feels like it's going to be like a legal drama, um, like kind of the aftermath of the crash. And they're like, how did you do this? And also we found bl- alcohol in your system. Like, so all this thing. And it winds up just being like a, essentially an alcohol rehabilitation movie. And it's it's good for what it is. But the movie completely misrecept- re- misrepresented what the movie is. Um, so anyway, I, I really like the trailer.
0: At the same time as Sully. It was just like uh,
1: this is a little bit before. I think this was 2014, okay. and Sully was like 16 or 17.
0: It was like two of the biggest movie stars of the 90s coming out with movies where they have to land planes.
1: <laughs> no, like, there was a there was a different movie that came out around Sully. Um, anyway, I
0: just I just always relate Sully and Flight in my mind. So I haven't seen either of them, and I know Tom Hanks and Denzel are so just. Anyway, I don't really pay attention to trailers very much. I watch like the first half of them sometimes and then i uh turn it off um and i only really watch them if i'm at the movie theater or if i don't know anything about what the movie is so like if Mm -hmm. i see a a cast list or a a director um i'm just not really interested in seeing the trailer because i go to see most things anyway so uh these are mostly from when i was like a teenager um yeah i only have a few i'll just group the first two together that's the force awakens trailer uh that second one where it shows Han Solo and Chewie coming out and saying Chewie were home. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just had me hyped. I watched that a thousand times before the first, before the movie came out and the rise of Skywalker trailer. um, The one that has that epic version of the star Wars theme playing over it. And it makes it seem like the movie might actually be good. And then it's just not, but star Wars, for, uh, the, mo- the modern trilogy, the sequel trilogy had really good trailers and those two specifically were the ones that I really liked. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean that, that original, um, the force, all the force awakens trailers were awesome. That movie did marketing really well. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess also same with trailers. Um, I really only watch trailers when they show up in the theaters anymore and I don't go to the theaters as often as I have been in the past. So, um, Maybe if it's something that I was really excited about, I'll catch it if it comes across my Twitter timeline. But I don't I don't really do trailers much anymore um, just because I don't care. Um, there's an, there's enough other movie things that I can be um, you know, excited about. You know, I can be excited about an actor or a director or something. You know, I don't need I can be like it's da- it's Damien Chazelle's new movie starring Mar- Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. I don't need anything else like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I went, went through a list and I like, I Googled just to kind of give me a little bit of inspiration and I came across the original alien trailer and that trailer is awesome. Um, so essentially the trailer is two minutes and the first minute is just a slow pan of like the surface of this planet. And then it eventually becomes to be, um, the egg that the alien hatches from as the, the title alien slowly comes across. And so that's half the trailer. And then the rest of the half of the trailer is um, the, emer- and the whole time, the emergency signal is like going off. It starts off slowly and it gets more rapidly. And then it's just flashes of, of things. And then about 15, 10 seconds left of the trailer. It's, it, it just cuts and there's no music at all. And it just says in space, no one can hear you screen. And it's freaking awesome. And in the whole trailer, there's not a single shot of the xenomorph. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's great. Nice. So,
0: uh, I just gotta go with the classic Inception trailer because that was mm-hmm. the, the blah trailer and the one where I was like, all right, this is awesome. I gotta go see it. Um, yeah, that hit me right at the perfect teenage time where I was like, yes, this is for me. And it was,
1: um, one of the best trailers of all time is us.
0: Um, mm, is a good one.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause it, it, it has that, it pretty much gives you the buildup, but then doesn't like give you any, it doesn't really show you much of the movie after the setup has been established so you're very confused and I don't know that anybody or I think that people are still confused as they finish us but like watching the whole movie but um, but the but the trailer is great and it ends with that Lupita Nyong'o with her like her sunken voice or sunken no sunken's get out um, whatever they call the like it's their the, voice the, the tethered it? people right yeah um, but like the, sh- she's she's the tethered person and so she's got that really great like that's how the trailer ends and it's man that's an awesome trailer so
0: ironically jordan peele is part of what has made me not watch trailers because <laughs> i don't think i watched a single trailer for nope and it made my experience watching the movie that much better um i remember the iron man 3 trailer really mm. getting me excited um again back when i was a teenager and back before mcu fatigue was even close to being a thing you're just like oh my gosh it's epic iron man and like the suits are blowing up and his house is being destroyed and there's yeah. the the Ben Kingsley voice was. Like, I consider myself a teacher, and it's just like this is awesome. Back before Trevor Slattery re- was revealed, um, yeah, that, that's a solid one.
1: Oh, and I think it ends with like a cut to black, and then it's him saying like, "You'll never see me coming." Yeah,
0: like, something like that. That
1: was awesome. Yeah, you're right. That trailer was great. Um, I also had a Marvel one. I put Avengers: Infinity War. Um, I don't. If I recall, like, I don't think it really had much dialogue, and I just like that they specifically put in shots that they knew were not in the movie just to throw us off. But did they really? You know, yeah, because really there's a that. there's a shot. Um, the the big money shot of that trailer is all of the Avengers like running towards the camera in Wakanda, and there is Hulk that is hulked out, and a couple other characters that like aren't how they are in the in the film. So
0: that's hilarious, actually.
1: Um, yeah, so they, so they put in extra stuff to throw people off, and I just think, brilliant. Um, and it, they did it intentionally, not like... I almost put Rogue One on this list, because the Rogue One trailer is awesome, but yeah, there's so undefined. much of those trailers that aren't in the movies. Yeah. Um, but that's because of reshoots. This was just because they filmed extra things so that we would wait for that money shot, and it would never come. Um, but they would give us a different one
0: instead. So, uh, What else you got? Knives Out. Uh, mm. That's uh, Actually, no. I was going to say it's the most recent, but there's another one that I like more. Or that—that's more recent. Knives Out, the original one, I was probably going to see it anyway because of Ryan Johnson and the big cast. But like the song and the way that it's edited to the coin being flipped and all that, um, mm-hmm. and then how it's got the the Chris Evans line of him just <coughs> cursing out everyone in the in the uh, side room. There, it just gets you really excited for that.
1: Sure, um, I would have one hundred percent agree with that. Um, I'll do one more superhero film. Uh, it's X Men Days of Future Past um which is still my favorite X-Men movie um but it's it's put together with um the first trailer is put together with um the song the thin red line or the the journey to the line from the thin red line which is one of the best songs ever composed it's one of those like it Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer just ripped it off again cuz he did the thin red line score and so he just ripped it off again for inception um it's very similar to time um which is the best song on the inception soundtrack but um it, it's showing like you know, you get the the introduction of we're going back and we're merging the two timelines um, or we're, we're going to deal with both timelines. And it's awesome. It's really great. And then as it's big and swelling and the music is already making me cry just on the music alone, then it gets to that James McAvoy, you know, I don't want your pain. I don't want your suffering. I don't and then he screams. I don't want your future. And then it just like cuts and fades to like this really soft piano. And then it's um it's him. And then Patrick Stewart like together and he just says like we need you to hope again it's so good i love that trailer
0: so anyway um you just reminded me talking about the the trailer core music where it's just like all epic and then gets really quiet at the end uh-huh. i'm saying this and i mean it the trailers for the super mario movie yeah actually have actually been very good everything uh-huh. minus chris pratt about it i am genuinely very excited i that should be on my top anticipated by the way like genuinely, <laughs> i can't wait for that movie because of just because of the mario music in like the epic version <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, it just it's awesome so there's there's another recent one just as like yeah. ba-da, just like man you got me excited for chris pratt's mario uh-huh
1: you're right um how many more do you have okay um i uh, i wrote on specter um, I thought that movie did a really good job at creating suspense and promising a really interesting James Bond movie. And what we got was a pretty eh, James Bond movie. Uh, I thought the trailer for Spectre was awesome. So because it has the uh, Spectre has the awesome opening sequence that takes place at the Day of the Dead. And so there's like clips from that. But then there's also clips of like James discovering Spectre and Blofeld, even though we don't
0: actually see his face you know, we see his silhouette. It's awesome. It's great. Nice. Yeah. My last one is just Banshees of Inishirin because I feel mm. like I saw that one a bunch and the music in that and the way that it's edited mm-hmm. um, is just a lot of fun it's just I don't like it no more it's like but you liked me yesterday and then just the the way the music transitions to the rest of it um yeah it's one of my favorite movies of the year one of my favorite one of the one of the trailers that I actually kind of enjoyed watching um mm-hmm. and didn't get tired of so yeah there you go there's the trailers that I actually paid attention to I was like scrolling through letterboxd looking at my top rated movies just to see if I could remember any trailers from them. Mm-hmm. We're just having so much trouble. I don't retain trailers because I don't care. Uh, me too,
1: except for one of them um, that I got from, from this. So it's um, some of them were just thinking, but also a lot of times I was looking at the list. I was like, Oh, but that's very similar to like this other trailer that I remember loving. So um, I have, I think six more, I'm going to rattle them off really quickly. Um, I remember the whiplash trailer really sticking with me although I rewatched it just to make sure. And I think it spoils a little bit too much of the movie, but um, it it does this really interesting thing where it starts off like kind of just being about, this guy who just gets gets into this drum core for the first half of the trailer. And then it just goes full, like psychological thriller. Like you think you're in for a horror movie and it's like, you kind of are when you watch whiplash, but it just shows you, it just shows you glimpses of the tense moments without necessarily giving you context. But like the trailer spoils the scene where he breaks up with his girlfriend because he's like, I need to focus on drumming. And it's like, you spoiled that in the trailer. Like, and there's so much, so many shots from the final concert. Um, Like there's even like the trailer ends um, with like the slow, like snare drum beat back into um, caravan. And it even has like the final shot of miles teller and JK in JK Simmons in the trailer. But out of context, it doesn't mean anything, you know?
0: Well, that's why I only watch like a third of each trailer that I watch because it's just like, I know the further I go into this, the more that I'm going to see that I don't want to see. So I'm just happy seeing what I saw. Uh, a really recent one that I think was great. I just got sick of it
1: because I saw it for like three years straight. Was Top Gun Maverick? Um, that trailer is awesome, but since it was supposed to come out in twenty twenty, we we've been seeing it forever. Yeah, Good um, Morning
0: Aviators.
1: My one of my favorite trends in um uh in in trailers of like ten years ago was when they would take a classic iconic theme and slow it down and do it like just instrumental, or they would take like a classic song and break it down they still do um, <laughs> the indiana I, jones trailer did that i know I, I actually didn't see that one yet but um but i'm saying like it seemed like there was like five or six movies that did that like in a month um i know it still is done and i love every time it's done so leave me alone but i'm, I'm just uh, saying it's
0: still done prolifically
1: uh jurassic world um was a much better trailer than a film so um thought that one was great um Talking about a great trailer, that's a really bad movie. Independence Day Resurgence had an awesome trailer because it just had like glimpses of like showing you the scale that this movie was going to go for. And like set in the backdrop was the speech from Independence Day, like kind of broken up and um like given like an extra staticky effect. It was awesome. But the problem is the movie was so slow and boring and dull and unimaginative. So but the trailer was awesome. Uh, last two I have here. I'm surprised neither of these two are on your list. These were two that I was specifically avoiding, uh, but Man of Steel has an awesome trailer.
0: Um, uh, I remember being surprised when I first saw Man of Steel because I thought the trailer was so underwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like surprised coming out of it. I was like, oh, I really love that movie. And I still I do. Think,
1: I think the trailers like like, I was not excited for the movie. And then the trailers came out and I was like, all right, all of a sudden I'm excited. And then the movie came out. I was like, all right middle ground like doesn't it have uh, the
0: lord of the rings music in is that the one you're talking about
1: i think one of them does
0: there's one that Um, that has the music that plays right after gandalf dies
1: that might be the first trailer okay the the third trailer um has the actual like superman the new the Uh, okay Um, that third trailer is awesome too but specifically the one i like the most is the second trailer um because it opens up with um uh like showing so it, it flashes back between like Bruce, uh, clark at the oil rig and uh and then saving the school bus and it's set to this like vocal it's a it's a hans zimmer i think done it's like very like um i can't remember what movie it's from or what whatever it's from i think the song is called like elegy um because i looked it up and it's been on my spotify playlist for years and it's this really like nice graceful Soft thing, and then all of a sudden it cuts and it starts showing like Superman in flight and like cuts of like action and Krypton being destroyed and all that. And it cuts to this song from um, Elizabeth II, I think, um, and it's just epic. And I love that trailer, Man of Steel trailer number two is awesome. No memory of it, um,
0: huh? I have no memory of this.
1: <laughs> okay, you should Google it. it's awesome. YouTube it, I guess. Uh, and the very best trailer of all time. I'm really surprised you didn't have this one. Uh, it's The Social Network.
0: Um, see that's one another one i just don't even remember like that's the thing i don't really care to (laughs) about trailers especially ones that are that old
1: this well this one had um Uh, It it starts off by like just scrolling, like showing you pictures of Facebook until you like understand, oh, this is the Facebook movie. And then it shows you some clips from the movie. Um, But the whole thing is backdrop to this acapella chorus of creep, um, acapella choir of creep. And that trailer is just freaking awesome. So save the best for last for me. Um, But I don't have any more. I know I listed a lot, but that's what I had.
0: Yep. I got none.
1: Uh now it's just time for the spin-off as we wrap things up. So uh Robert, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you really want to tell people to watch or to avoid?
0: I don't normally do this, but I have to do avoid. Um and I'm going to do it by way of asking you a question. What what is the appeal of the movie Fury? Why do why do people like it? Oh man, I really like Fury. Um <laughs> I know, I'm scrolling through Letterboxd most people do. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Blake's favorite
1: movie of all time. I know um, um, I personally um, I really like the Shia LaBeouf character work um, like the way he, he's written um, the struggle oh, of go ahead. Sorry the the struggle of faith in war. Um, I thought that was awesome. I it's it's just shot really well. And like you you already don't like war
0: movies. So you know it wasn't even that I I promise it wasn't even that for me.
1: But like you 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 don't even like war movies too. So you don't really seek them out. And I think it's just one of those, like, at least for me, like, it was unlike any other war movie I'd seen because, like, nothing had really focused on, like, tank warfare. And it had all been, like, ground warfare and, like, some big fighting and, you know, fisticuffs eventually. And it was just, I thought, I thought Fury did a really good job of, like, kind of being a singular focused, a singular, a single vision uh, and and showing how the tank, like needs fixing and repair and all those things. It's been a long time since that Fury*, very, and I think I've only seen it twice. Um, I'm due for a rewatch, but why do you not like it?
0: I thought it was terrible. I gave it one and a half stars. Watched it for the first time last night. Um, Can I just read you my brief letterbox review? It's just a couple short paragraphs.
1: (sighs) Oh, fine.
0: Uh, This movie's messaging is so muddled and confusing. It says war is brutal, brutal and unrelenting, but the guys who do it are cool. Unless you're the new recruit who sees that war is actually bad, but the ghoul and, But the good and cruel gruff leader makes him shoot a helpless guy, so now he thinks killing is fun. It's okay, though, because they're Nazis, the bad guys. Except the only time we see the Nazis being framed abstractly as soldiers, they're begging for their lives or not killing the remaining enemy. Meanwhile, the quote-unquote good guys never stop swearing or eating innocent civilians' eggs or giving their comrades wet willies. They're total a-holes the whole time, but we're supposed to feel sad and in awe of their heroism when they die. It's okay, though, because they quote the Bible and imply that their mission is to mutilate every body in sight dead or alive is an act of manifest destiny. You can get easy mileage out of say, saying they're Nazis, they deserve this, and Glorious and Bastards does that well. But all we see is the Allies being terrible, awful humans who delight in the smallest drop of blood, and the Nazis, again, when they're not being the faceless enemy, showing the basic amount of humanity that we want out of the protagonists.
1: Mm. Yeah, I need to watch this one again. I, uh, I, I don't I don't think I I'm gonna side with heads you. Or but... tails.
0: I could not feel like understand for the life of me what anyone liked about this besides the filmmaking.
1: Well, uh, we're going to transition that um, to something very different.
0: Um, yeah. I was interested to hear what you watched last night. I just needed to get the theory <laughs> thing off my chest because
1: it's look, you're all right. You're all okay to be wrong about one thing, right? Nick's allowed to be wrong about prisoner of Azkaban. You can be wrong about fury. I'll be wrong about Voldemort. <laughs> yes.
0: it, it like sets the movie in world war two so that you can, unequivocally be on their side when they're mutilating the bodies because they're Nazis and like not have it be Iraq or Vietnam or something because, you know, cause we all know those wars are bad, but it's just like the Nazis, he, they don't kill. They show compassion. <laughs> they spare a guy. It's been a while since I've seen it. I'm due for a rewatch. And but... the Shia LaBeouf character. I just want it is just like the faith in <laughs> wars basically manifest destiny. It makes no sense. To
1: the me. interesting thing about that one actually is I don't, so I I mentioned that I like the um the like contrast of Faith and War there and specifically like the what Shiloh Buff brings to the table, but it's really I care more about everybody else's reaction to him. Like that really got me um like interested, you know. Cause like Brad Pitt seems very apathetic against whatever Shiloh Buff is preaching. Um and Logan Lerman is just trying to be like I grew up in this and in this environment, but I don't know how you can reconcile these two. It's just, I was interested in the dynamic that he brought to the other people around him. So, uh, um, all right. So my wife started watching this show on Netflix and I, she wanted to do something. uh, She wanted to watch more. And she asked if I was like interested in watching it. I was like, well, I need something in the background while I do some work on my computer. So sure. That's fine. Put it on. Uh, and I watch this, Robert. Let me ask you a question. Do you like
0: home improvement shows? I feel like I used to watch them on weeknights with my mom because my mom liked to watch them. You mean just like Love It or List It, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, Love It or List It, Property Brothers, sure, um, yeah.
0: the Chip and Joanna
1: one. Um, I know they're all uh, fake,
0: but I don't really care. Yeah, no,
1: sure. Um, I I choosing like
0: between three houses. They've already chosen the house. <laughs> I know, right? But
1: the I, um. No fun. The the thing the things that I really like um were the uh so I, I remember like Extreme Makeover Home Edition was like the only thing especially that wasn't on like HGTV and we didn't have cable growing up so I, I don't think I ever really got into that but like if it was on like somebody was watching it like I would stay in the room or whatever and I got really into HGTV in college because I was like all right look this is my kind of reality TV like I don't care about landscaping and gardening I don't really care much about home improvement but I love seeing the creativity of these people my my favorite is Property Brothers, because I love that it's it starts off with real estate and then it does construction. So they're like, we want to buy this house, but we want you to do this that we saw from the other house. Or we want you to do, we don't love this about it. So I love the, like, it's not just like house hunters is here's this house we want to move into. And it's perfect just the way it is. Cause no, it's not. So I love the, we like this house, but could you modify it in this way? And then they show you both. And that's great. I love it. So the show that my wife was watching that I watched with her last night, it's called How to Build a Sex Room oh, on Netflix.
0: <laughs> this is definitely HGTV material.
1: Yeah. So so here's the premise. Um, and I'm going to tell you why I like this show. Um, it, it, it's this lady started off. She was an interior decorator for a while. And somebody asked her one day to build a sex room. And she did. And apparently that's a pretty, like lots of people are wanting this now. It awoke and so, something in her. So, well, so she does this for a lot of people and it's a relatively new show. It's on Netflix. Um, Like it came out this year. I think it's a relatively recent ad. It came across my wife's like, you know, because you watched whatever sappy Hallmark stuff we had here, you probably are also going to like this. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I guess the Netflix algorithm assumes that people that like, you know, Hallmark movies also like Fifty Shades of Grey. And uh-huh. They're probably not wrong. But anyway, um, but. The- yeah. So the reason why I like the show is it's actually like quite inclusive, but it's also like it's got that creativity aspect to it. So like I love actually, I think probably like I love Bar Rescue is one of my favorite like improvement shows because I love like him talking about like the psychology behind like when you walk into a bar, you need to notice these things or driving by, you need to notice these things. And so like the way that he like incorporates things into like, oh, I would have never thought about that. But this is absolutely true um and this may and this absolutely works that way you know so i love that um and so she does essentially the same thing so people are like we have this room in our house that we want to turn into a somebody called it a playroom and i was like i like that um so um anyway so the first episode that i was showed shown starts off with a reveal and they don't do like a serialized here's the couple of the week or whatever they do like just randomly like i think the first episode we watched concluded one couple introduced another couple and then after they had gotten like introduced they introduced another couple and they started working with them um and it was just really interesting to see because also the first like full couple that i ever saw like was for a male and male couple right like a gay couple and so it was like i wouldn't expect to see that for like this show like but like i like that right because like that's got to be a very different vibe and anything and and some people like so far, we haven't seen people that want the like dungeon and chains and everything everywhere. But there's so like, far, so far, right? There's gonna be someday, right? But it's like, yeah, you know, she's like, a lot of people think it's like this and it's like that. And it's like, look, I don't have any interest in having a room like this, right? But like, it's so interesting, right? <laughs> it's so interesting for her to be like, and here's this thing. And look, I bought this thing and I did this and I custom ha- made this. And it's like, all right, I kind of like this. And then, and then the first episode I watched actually ends with introducing this couple. And then the the episode ends with this cliffhanger of oh by the way I should let you know um, we are not married this is my ex wife actually um, we're a we're a polyamorous couple so there are seven of us total and it's like okay so she's designing a sex room for seven people I love this let's go so um, anyway look it's
0: <laughs> this is endorsed by Sif <laughs> Pop and all its members <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. I had a good time, not in the way that you're probably thinking. Room. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> I Look, I thought it was interesting because, like, it's not a super horny show. And, like, this could have very easily been that. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I was genuinely interested in the, like, sciency part. And
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Anyway, so. Nice. <sighs> there we go. I've said it. I've been waiting to say that ever since last night. And I was like, I can't wait to see Robert's reaction. I have to get it off your chest. Had to get it off my chest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, on that note, that's a wrap. (laughs) You can check out Robert on Twitter uh, at Rob's Thoughts, or you can check him out uh, once a month starting January 7th here on uh, this, this um, thing, this, this exact
0: podcast feed. This
1: feed. Yes. Uh, That's what I was looking for. Um, And uh, I'll also have Robert's handle in the episode description you can follow me on Twitter or letterbox at White Quick reminder that Sip-Pop Writers Room was part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at StudioDNA.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to leave us uh, some feedback or get in contact with the um, the show, maybe you want to even write for Sipop.com. Email Writers Room at And then, um, if you're listening, also please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Would really appreciate either of them there. If you are already listening there, please just tap Um, five stars preferred, but I'll give whatever you really want to take. I don't care next week. um, We'll be talking about uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, Uh, me, Heath and Jacob. So I imagine that Heath will start off with a rebuttal on um, why uh, we're wrong about white white Christmas. I didn't even think about that being back to back, but you know what? It's fine. We said what we said. Um, (laughs) Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street, by the way? Once, yeah, um, okay. in theaters, and I haven't seen it since. Okay. So actually, like, I was counting, and I think about half of the movies that are on, maybe a third, um, are are movies that I've seen before. But yeah, it's been ten years since I've seen it, so it's on my watch yeah. list because I would like to watch it. You just you just watched it again, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Because it looks like Babylon, <laughs> or Babylon looks like Wolf of Wall Street. So I just well, you to get said, in that mindset.
1: You said something like, if Leo was on Quaaludes, he would have like survived Titanic or something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> because when they were out in the middle of the ocean during the big storm, <laughs> they go on Quaaludes and get survived by, or get rescued by the helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm
1: excited to rewatch it. I remember really liking it, but um, yeah, I haven't thought much of it in 10 years and excited to revisit it. Um, so in two weeks from now, we'll be talking about uh, every Civ pop writer will be on. At least everyone that submits something will be on to give a brief clip of their top five films of 2022 and the next month for our goats episode. Shane will be joining Robert and I to talk about my neighbor tutorial. Um, that's all the announcements. So we will see you back here we have next to get back week. Back to the
0: writers' room. <laughs>